Yes, our last Advent Sunday and uh, an opportunity for one more time to be reminded of this time of year, what this is all about. And uh, the theme that we've been looking at is reveal, revealing the light in the darkness. The first Sunday of Advent, we looked at how uh, we would reveal Jesus' light in our life. What does that look like? And we looked at Mary's prayer and realized through personal praise, like Mary, our hearts should overflow in praise to God as well. On the second Advent Sunday, we asked the question, how will you reveal Jesus' light in your world? How are you going to do that? And we looked at Zechariah's prophecy and, and also to realize that Advent can be a life-transforming experience as we receive Christ as Savior and also Lord of our lives, allowing Him to transform us as He wishes. The third Sunday of Advent, we looked at uh, the question of how we, well, we, we, looked, we were going to look at the question of how we re- reveal Jesus' light in our community, but I didn't get to that because we heard from the choir, and it was wonderful. Um, but I, I gave a little short devotional about the gifts, as you remember, they're piled up here during the singing, and each gift was revealed, and, and I've, I've mentioned also, too, that we should also present the gift of ourselves and our lives to Jesus. And as we do that, I believe He would use us for His glory, and then we would be that light in our community, reaching out to those around us, and be that local witness, knowing how to praise the Lord and uh, allowing His his praise to go through us and to reach others. Today, we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to look at a guy named Simeon. And we're going to look at his prophecy, and hopefully the question that we'll be looking at and answering is how will you reveal Jesus' light in your legacy? What is it that you're going to leave behind that, that people are going to see Christ in? And we can leave a lot of things for our kids. <laughs> My dad left a lot of things for me. Uh, I'm still cleaning up after him, <laughs> and that's all right. But what are we going to be leaving for our kids. And I trust it will be a legacy, a legacy that says Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of our lives, and it is worth it. And they should also, too, follow after that. So how are you going to reveal Jesus' light in your legacy? And we're going to look here at, at uh, Simeon, and uh, we'll see how he provides an example of an enduring life in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something that uh, is a person that we follow after. He guides us into all truth. He reveals that to us. And as He does, we need to obey and respond in that obedience. There's a uh, a cute little story I want to read to you out of a book. Derek Johnson wrote a book called The Wonder of Christmas. A bunch of little stories in here, and I want to share one with you here. Christmas at Becky's house, and it's spelled B-E-C-K-I, so not her house. Becky was four. She wanted to play that December afternoon, but mother pushed her aside. Becky, I'm just too busy today. There are presents to buy, cakes to bake, and rooms to clean. It's Christmas time, you know. So Becky played alone. When Daddy came home, she rushed to the door and with arms outstretched, ready for her usual hug and kiss, 
but Daddy's arms were already full of boxes and bags. Oh, for me, she said. No, 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 for later. It's Christmas, you know. Run along now. So Becky played alone. At supper, both Mommy and Daddy were so busy talking and planning the Christmas celebration with, with Grandma and Grandpa and all the relatives coming over that Becky couldn't get their attention. So she reached for the butter by herself. Somehow her elbow got all tangled up with her milk glass and over it went. Oh, Becky, not tonight, Mom, Mom, Mommy moaned. Everyone is so busy. It's Christmas time. Run on to bed now. I'll be there in a, in a minute to help you say your prayers. She was already kneeling when Mommy walked in. Becky's prayer was simple and good for all of us. She said, God, forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. I think we can take a lesson in that and realize that the Christmas season can kind of get in the way of what it's all about, realizing that we are anticipating a Savior born to us, Emmanuel, God with us. And this is the time of year to be thoroughly reminded of that. All the other things that happen, all the other things that are going on in our lives, don't let it push out the true meaning of Christmas. Take some time, relax, calm down, and enjoy this time of year. Simeon was one who was anticipating this Savior to come. And in Luke chapter 2, we see this uh, account. And you can turn there with me if you haven't yet already. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 25, and I'll read through to verse 32. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel." We'll end there with that verse. You know, we don't have a lot of background uh, about Simeon, not much information. When we meet him here in this passage, we're told a couple of things. One, he is righteous and devout. And two, God promised him he would see the Messiah before he died. Now, we know that he was waiting eagerly for the arrival of God's promised Messiah, and we know that he saw the promised Messiah, the promise come true right before his eyes as he held Jesus in his arms. And it's no accident that Simeon's story is full of references to the Holy Spirit. In a period of time, uh, period of time decades before the Holy Spirit came on the, on the day of Pentecost, here was a man who lived a godly life. 
He was in such tune with God that the only way to express it was in terms of the closeness of God's Spirit to his daily habits. Have you known people like that in your life? Whereas you come to talk with them or just be with them, it's kind of like you step back because there's that glory of God around them. Maybe you have relatives, maybe you have friends that are like that. And, and they don't lord it over you. They don't you know, be a holier than thou. They're very humble. But they just follow God with all their life. And you can see it in their lives. You can see it in their speech, in their actions. This was Simeon. This is Simeon who's doing the same thing, living a life that was devout to God, righteous, and he was clinging to that promise that he would see the Messiah before he died. He was so close to God that we, we see him described in, that, in those terms of how close he was to God's Spirit in all that he did. I believe we can learn some things out of this. I believe we can learn some things from Simeon and what it means to follow the Holy Spirit, what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit, what it means to walk in, in, in the Holy Spirit, what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the first example we can see here. Like Simeon, we can be filled with the Spirit. Verse 25, again, Simeon, a righteous and devout man, lived in Jerusalem, waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting for the comfort the Messiah would bring to his people at his coming. Just think about that. The comfort that the Messiah would bring to his people at his coming. Has the Messiah brought you comfort in your need? Has the Messiah brought you comfort in times where you thought everything was chaotic and everything was going crazy, but then Jesus... He came into your life. Maybe that day that you received Christ as your Savior, you realized, wow, things are different now. I see it differently. I see the Bible differently. I see life differently. I see people differently. The Messiah brought you comfort. The Messiah brought you a different perspective. This is what Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort that the Messiah would bring. Luke says in Acts chapter 2, and also in Acts chapter 4, he said the Holy Spirit was upon him. Later Luke would identify such believers as filled with the Spirit as well. As we uh, as, we as Christians walk in His ways, we are led by the Spirit. Like I mentioned, the Spirit guides us into all truth. He reveals truth to us through His Word. He reveals truth to us as we speak to other believers. And we, we, talk, to people, we talk to them about maybe the situations that are going on in our life. Maybe we talk to them about situations that, that, that we have no answers for and we're, we're looking for guidance. And as we talk to other believers about that, the Spirit guides that conversation and guides that all into truth and reveals truth to us. Maybe you've had Scripture come back to you before as you've memorized it or read it maybe before, uh, earlier in the day. 
And the Holy Spirit brings that back and reveals truth to you for that day. He guides us into all that. And as He does that, we are filled with the Spirit. We are able to, uh, able to be sensitive to His leading. Being, being reminded of what we read in our devotions earlier that day. A Spirit-filled believer has settled the Lordship issue. No one else is in charge. No one else is in control of your life but God. You've given Him total reign of your life. Now, maybe you've done that, and possibly there have been storms of life that come into, you, into, into your home and into your life that, that has caused you maybe to take hold of those reins a little bit more. Maybe to grasp onto that which you've laid at Jesus' feet. And say, I, I didn't anticipate that, God. No, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring that back over here and I'll keep that for a little bit. Storms of life are going to beat on your door. Are you ready to continue to allow God to be Lord of your life? I mean, if He's Lord of your life during the calm seas, He should also be Lord of your life during the waves and the storms and the wind. I mean, he's, he's in control of all that as well. Put your trust in Him in that way. Allow Him to be Lord of your life as He's Lord over those storms that come into your life. God can do it, but a Spirit-filled believer has settled the Lordship issue. There's no question. God's in control no matter what. You've laid that unknown bundle on the altar and you said, Lord, you've got this. I don't know what's in it. You've got this. And whatever you bring out of that, that, that unknown bundle in the future, that's yours. You, you have total control of that. And trust that you're going to help me adjust to those surprises that are in that unknown bundle. But that's at, on the altar. And it's for you to take care of, you to be glorified through, whatever it is. You are Lord. A spirit-filled believer has settled the Lordship issue. Simeon called him Sovereign Lord in verse 29. The spirit-filled believer prays a prayer like this. He says, Lord, out of love, I surrender to your absolute ownership and authority. And that's what it takes. It's just a prayer away. You begin with that. You begin with that prayer, and then you ask God, help me. <laughs> help me walk in that prayer. Help me walk in the way where I surrender to you absolute ownership, absolute authority in my life. Because you know, once you do that, Satan's going to come right along and say, well, really? <laughs> let's see what happens when I throw this towards you. Well, let's see what happens when I take this away. How's that authority going on in your life? How's that lordship of Jesus going on in your life now? Do you trust him anymore? He's going to come, and he's going to come along with those storms of life, and he's going to batter on your door, bang on that door. You better be prepared in the time where there is no storm. There are calm seas. Be prepared now to trust him as Lord, because when those storms come, you will be ready. I'm not saying you'll do it perfectly, but you'll be ready. You'll fall back on the fact that you trusted Him in the times where it was good. And He was able to bring you through, trust Him in the times that are difficult now. Spirit-filled believer settles the Lordship issue. 
And spirit-filled believers have eyes to see God's plan of salvation, as Simeon also too saw that in verses 30 through 32. And to see God's hand at work. It's tough sometimes to be able to see God's plan of salvation. It's tough sometimes to realize God is still at work. God hasn't forgotten us. God hasn't left us alone. Because sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes you feel alone. But be reminded of what Scripture says, that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Remember that. God's promises are true. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into that truth and reveal that to you in the times where there might be doubt. There might be unstableness in your life. Like Simeon, we can be filled with the Spirit. Also, too, like Simeon, we can walk in the Spirit. In verse 26, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Only those who walk in the Spirit can receive such knowledge. For them, living close to God is not occasional, but it's constant. If you want to know the will of God for your life, you've got to be constant in His Word. You've got to be constant in His presence, realizing and acknowledging that He prepares the way for you every day. Trusting in Him for all the things that go on in the day, in the week to come. Living close to God shouldn't be occasional. It needs to be constant. And you should realize that once you take that step back from God, there's something different going on. There should be something amiss when you step backwards from God. As you sense that, then you realize that the closeness that you had with God is starting to escape here. What's going on? And the first question shouldn't be, where are you, God? Because He's right there. He doesn't change. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. The question we should be asking is, what did I do to step back? What did I do to increase that distance between me and you, God? And be sure that God's going to answer that question. Honestly, in a way, it might be painful. But we need, to, we need to be asking that question if we feel a little distant from God. And those who walk in the Spirit, as Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You know, that, that old man, that sinful nature, rears its head. Every now and then, doesn't it? And we need to battle against that. And the only way you're going to battle against that, I just lay it right out there right now, the only way you're going to battle against that is to die to it, surrender your life to it, as far as allowing Christ to have full control in your life. Now, I'm not saying all those things are going to go away. I'm not saying that you will never see the sinful nature come up again. But you won't respond in likeness, in, in kindness to the sinful nature. It will be abhorrent to you. It will be awful to you. You will see it, but you'll go, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth my relationship with Christ. It's not worth my relationship with Christ and what people think a Christian is. It's not worth my testimony and witness to other people. 
That's the response we should have. And like I said, you will still have the temptations coming your way, but then again, your response will be a little different. Those who walk in the Spirit are better prepared to face the end of life, as Simeon was in verse 29. We all will one day reach that moment where God calls us home. Are you prepared for that? Those who walk in the Spirit are better prepared for that. I'm not saying there aren't concerns and aren't fears. There, there probably are. You know, the unknown. Who isn't concerned about the unknown? But the Spirit-filled person, one who walks in the Spirit, will have assurance. Will have assurance that they will live in heaven. Heaven is a place where Jesus is preparing it for us. He's got a mansion for those who place their trust in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. He's got a place for each one of them, you and me. Until we reach, until we come to that point, he's preparing that place, and then we get there. What an incredible time that will be. Being reunited with loved ones who've placed their trust in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. They'll be there. They'll be walking along those streets of gold by the crystal sea, face-to-face with Jesus, face-to-face with God, praising Him forever. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness. All that's left behind. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. He has prepared that place And those who walk in the Spirit are better prepared to face the end of life. It's all going to come to us. Are you prepared? And then also finally, like Simeon, we can be led by the Spirit. Not only filled, not only walk in, but we can be led by the Spirit. Verse 27, Simeon, moved by the Spirit, went to the temple at the precise time Jesus' parents brought him for presentation. Have you ever had a moment where you could not describe it, but you knew you had to be somewhere, or you knew you had to do something, or you knew you had to say something to somebody, and you couldn't explain it, but you knew that God was guiding you in that? You, you just There was no explanation. Got to be there. I just, you know. And when that happens, you can believe that the Spirit is guiding you, leading you. Now, some people call it the conscience, I think uh, Christians would call it the Holy Spirit guiding them and directing. And as that happens, we need to be obedient to His promptings. Because who knows might need that comfort or that word of encouragement or even just someone to come and have them listen. Have you listened to them as they talk? They might need to share their day that's going horribly wrong. They might need to share a victory in their life that they don't have anybody else to talk to. They're all alone. They want to share some good news. We can always be an encouragement to those around us. We can always be at the right time, at the right place, because the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing us to that point. And God, God's there. The situation is perfect. The Holy Spirit guides and directs on that. Simeon was there, moved by the Spirit. Right at the temple at the precise time. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he said, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. As we walk in the Spirit, filled by the Spirit, we are also led by the Spirit because the Spirit is within us. The Holy Spirit continues to guide and direct in our lives. And we are led by the Spirit because we are sons of God. We've given, we've, we've received Christ as our Savior and Lord. We receive the Holy Spirit in that way, and we live out our lives for Him. When we do that, and we, we have that testimony going on, the Spirit testifying with our spirit, giving us reassurance, giving us assurance in our life, but also, too, continuing to guide and direct. Being led by the Spirit requires a personal, intimate, affectionate relationship in which God is our loving Father and we are His obedient children. That is the relationship you can envision. Loving Father, asking for things to be done, obedient child, loving the Father enough to do that. And that's where it comes down to that relationship with, with Christ, the relationship with God is living in obedience to Him. A Spirit-filled Christian walking in the Spirit can be led by the Spirit. And it usually comes down to being obedient to what He has for us. There's a one other poem in here I want to read from this book. I think kind of summarizes some things for us for today. Ready for Christmas, she said with a sigh as she gave a last touch to the gifts piled high. Then wearily sat for a moment to read till soon, very soon she was nodding her head. Then quietly spoke a voice in her dream, ready for Christmas, what do you mean? She woke with a start and a cry of despair. There's so little time and I've still to prepare. Oh, Father, forgive me. I see what you mean. To be ready means more than a house swept clean. Yes, more than the giving of gifts and a tree. It's the heart swept clean that you want to see. A heart that is free from bitterness and sin. So be ready for Christmas and ready for him. Simeon was ready. He was anticipating Savior be born to us. Anticipating being able to see the Messiah. Are you ready, preparing yourself to be led by the Spirit, to be filled by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. Because when you do that, there are so magni many magnificent things coming from that. Advent is a powerful time to recognize not only the baby born in a manger, but the reason why He came. He came to deliver us from sin, offer his, his forgiveness. He also came to mature us and lead us into the Spirit-filled life. It doesn't just stop at salvation. It continues on and walking with Him in obedience. Have you surrendered to His Lordship? Making Jesus the Lord of your life? Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you being led by Him? He would love to cleanse you from, from a self-centered approach to life and fill you with His Spirit. <laughs> he would love to 
forgive, forgive us of our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. To help us get the right perspective. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. They're going to lead us in a couple songs. As I come up, again, considering the, the gospel's endurance here and Simeon's example, question that I've asked before, and that comes before us again. How will you reveal Jesus' light in your legacy? Walking in the Spirit, part of that. Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 5, verse 7, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Maybe something has cut in on you. Maybe there's been situations. Maybe there's been life storms coming and thrown you off, off course a bit. You were running a good race. What happened? If that is your situation, Jesus is here with open arms, ready to forgive, ready to receive, allow you to walk back in. Like a good coach, the Holy Spirit motivates he points out strengths and weaknesses, and He keeps us on the right track. That's why we need to walk in His ways. What is the Spirit saying to you today? Has He revealed some weakness, maybe? Have you allowed someone or something to cut in on you? Quickly obey Him at every opportunity. Run with endurance and run with confidence in the gospel's promise. Some of you have the devotional Jesus Calling. Let me read today's devotional entry for you. Those of you not familiar with it, Sarah Young writes in a way where God is speaking to us. And she uses scripture, but in the voice of, of God. I am King of kings and Lord of lords, dwelling in dazzlingly bright light. I am also your shepherd, companion, and friend, the one who never lets go of your hand. Worship me in my holy majesty. Come close to me and rest in my presence. You need me both as God and as man. Only my incarnation on that first long-ago Christmas could fulfill your neediness. Since I went to such extreme measures to save you from your sins, you can be assured that I will graciously give you all you need. Nurture well your trust in me as Savior, Lord, and friend. I have held back nothing in my provision for you. I have even designed, excuse me, even deigned to live within you. Rejoice in all that I have done for you, and my light will shine through you into the world. Emmanuel, God with us, shining through us to reach this world, revealing light in the darkness. This world needs it. Our community needs it. Maybe your household needs it. Shine that light where the darkness is at and see how God is going to use you in an incredible way. We're going to sing a song here that speaks about Emmanuel.
God with us. And as we do that, if you want to come and pray or as the Spirit leads you in that way, please come and pray. If you want to pray right where you're at, that's great too. But either sing along or let, let the words just flood over you and allow the Holy Spirit just to just minister to you today.